0: Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Unbridled Faith. Uh, We're going to still be in Isaiah chapter 1. Uh, We're going to pick it up today in verse 10, and we're going to go from verse 10 through 17. So let's pray for a moment, and uh, and we'll get kicked off. Lord, thank you for your grace and mercy. I pray that you would let my words be nothing, and your words be everything, that you would speak through me as as a broken vessel, a broken piece of pottery, that you would use me nonetheless. In Jesus' name, amen. Isaiah chapter one, verse 10. Hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. Give ear to the instruction of our God, you people of Gomorrah. What are your multiplied sacrifices to me, says the Lord? I have had enough of burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed cattle, and I take no pleasure in the blood of bulls, lambs, or goats. When you come to appear before me, who requires of you this trampling of my courtyards? Do not go on bringing your worthless offerings. Incense is an abomination to me. The new moon and Sabbath, the proclamation of an assembly. I cannot endure wrongdoing and the festive assembly. I hate your new moon festivals and your appointed feasts. They have become a burden to me. I am tired of bearing them. So when you spread out your hands in prayer, I will hide my eyes from you. Yes, even though you offer many prayers, I will not be listening. Your hands are covered with blood. Wash yourselves. Make yourselves clean. Remove the the evil of your deeds from my sight. Stop doing evil. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Rebuke the oppressor. Obtain justice for the orphan. Plead for the widow's case. So this passage, the Lord goes hard in the paint on his people. Metaphorically speaking. He's saying, hear my words. And he calls his people, the people of Sodom and Gomorrah. And we're not going to go too much down that. We did that last episode. I'm sure by now I've got plenty of hate mail. So keep them coming. I love it. So uh, give ear to your instructions. But he's calling his own people the people of Sodom and Gomorrah, which was a symptom, a sign of wickedness. He's saying, oh, you wicked people, my own people. What are your multiplied sacrifices to me? Wait a second. But God, you told me to do this. You told me to sacrifice these things, to sacrifice this cattle, the bulls, the goats. What what are you trying to tell me to do? Bring your worthless offerings no longer. Their offerings went from incense to an abomination. He calls their incense an abomination. So, which is a strong word for the Lord, right? He says that of things that he loathes, like he really hates, hates these things. And he's saying your incense in the temple on the altars is an abomination. Well, well, that's really intense. And then he says that all these things are ultimately because of unanswered prayers. Let me put it in today's terms. Stop teaching your Sunday school class if you're not willing to seek me on a Friday night. Don't go be a pastor if you're still addicted to pornography miss me with your sunday night worship and prayer sessions if and 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 praying and fasting miss me with that if you still are prone to gluttony on a daily basis right like gluttony is our culture's favorite sin it's Super easy for a pastor to be considered a really godly man and be 500 pounds. Sometimes there's a medical condition. I would say at that size, usually there's a medical condition, but there's also an amount of gluttony where we have to say, nah, enough's enough. Okay, here's one for you, wealth. We're really, really good at saying, oh, this pastor or this believer is so righteous that his $10 million mansion is totally appropriate. I'd say probably not. I'd say there's a problem with excess. Maybe he's allowed to, I don't know. I'm not his judge. I'm not looking at him judging him. I got enough problems in my own heart. But there's definitely a problem with excess in our culture. Absolutely. Pick a thing. I struggle with this one a lot. Right. I struggle with excess a lot. I really, really, to quote Michael Scott, I love Burlington Coat Factory. Right. Like, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to get why I actually don't. I'm in Florida. I've never bought a jacket. Right. But, but, but the idea of, oh, well, I, I really like that pair of flip flops, Florida boy. Right. So I'm going to buy four. My wife hates this. My wife hates this. I've got four daughters and, finding a hairbrush around my house is a really great way to instill rage in my wicked heart and my wicked soul so i do the thing that my wife hates which is when we are trying to get out the house on a school morning and we say have you brushed your hair yeah brush your teeth yeah the inevitably there's a one once a week Nobody brushed your hair. Why don't you brush your hair? I can't find a hairbrush. Wait a second. Wait a second. A four-pack of hairbrushes on Amazon, the detangling ones for females, the pink and purple ones, my favorite kind. The four-pack of hairbrushes is like $12.00. I'm buying 16 hairbrushes. My wife's like, no, we don't need 16 hairbrushes. I'm buying them now because it's not worth the frustration and my wife gets mad, but sure enough, the next month, I'm buying another 12 hairbrushes and she hates it. She's like, we don't need it. I'm like, Jenna, we have bought 437 hairbrushes in this house and I don't know where they go to, but they they find their way along with the mismatched socks. Don't get me started about the mismatched socks. I have a bin that I, as a human, could fit in of mismatched socks and it grows. Every month it grows. I don't know how it happens. We haven't bought those socks in years and they're gone. And so what do I do? I go on Amazon <laughs> and there is a point, <laughs> my wife hates it, she hates it, she gets so mad. She's like, you and your excess, You, we don't, need, we don't need 18 socks. I'm like, listen, it's the best $22 I've ever spent because I don't have to deal with headaches. I will pay my $22 to be done with the headaches. Is it sinful? Maybe. Probably. 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 It's probably too much excess in my life where I don't have enough organization to write the names on the hairbrush and hold them accountable for the hairbrush. But here we are 437 hairbrushes later and I'm still tempted last night to buy more hairbrushes. Our culture has a problem with excess. Don't put me in front of a hibachi grill at Kobe's and be like don't eat all your meal. I want all my meal. You know, it. if you really want to eat all your Kobe's meal, Kobe's my favorite restaurant. I love Kobe's. And I really struggle with gluttony there. I really do. Because I save the rice for last. That's where they get you. They put the rice first. You know what I'm talking about. They give you the bowl. If you've ever been to Kobe's, it's the jam. They give you the bowl of rice and they give it to you first and then they take forever cooking everything else. Uh-uh. I'm not a fool. I'm putting it aside. the side. It goes aside. And I'm going to wait. And then I'm going to get then they give you the noodles. I don't want to. Mm-mm. They give you the veggies because it doesn't taste good. That's where they play the game. So you get you to eat all your broccoli because you're so hungry from looking at all the food. So you're gonna eat the. You're gonna eat the veggies. And it's gonna taste really good. They play the game. They do it well. They, it's a beautiful job, right? And then they give you a little volcano, a little fire volcano. And that's the jam with the onion. I'm like, give me the whole thing. So um, I'm that guy that asked for extra. And my friends sometimes laugh at me because I send them a picture of my Kobe's plate empty. I'm like, ha ha. Group chat. Um, Your boy's a glutton, yeah, right. Like so, I I struggle. Like I I think that that's sinful. It's probably, probably wicked. I don't think it's as bad if it's occasional, but for me, oftentimes it wasn't. So, but you know what breaks that? Fasting. Oh, I struggle with gluttony. Well, you know what happens? You fast. You reset your body. Your stomach's reset, etc. But we don't we don't do moderation. It's a really it's a really fun sin for our culture on Amazon. We make jokes about it. I just made jokes about it. We, we make sketches on, you know, on TikTok or Instagram or whatever. And, and we, we, we poke fun at it because we know that we're all guilty, right? Like I'm guilty. You're guilty. We're all guilty. And in, in this passage, he's saying, I'm tired of you trampling my courts because of your habitual egregious sins. I don't want your feasts. Because they've turned sinful. I don't want your new moons or your Sabbaths. They're sinful. Well, how is a Sabbath sinful? You told me to do this. God, you're the one that said to do it. And now you're saying it exhausts you? Yeah. You called me to teach Sunday school. You called me to, you. I didn't choose to grow up in, in this city where there's excesses everywhere and wealth everywhere. Yeah, but we got to choose how we deal with it. We do choose how we deal with it. And so he says, who requires of you trampling of my courts? Well, well, you did, God. He says, I'm tired of your sins because it makes even your righteous deeds disgusting to me. Your incense, that's an abomination. So a couple of episodes ago, we went hard in the paint at, we went hard after some more Pronounced egregious sins, but I want to talk here about the more ubiquitous sins, the sins that are everywhere, inside the church, across the board, in most churches, and we don't even bat an eye. It's still, to me, somehow, in my wickedness of heart, kind of funny, that I eat all of my Kobe's meal. No human should physically be capable of doing that unless you've got years of experience in perpetual ubiquitous gluttony under your belt. And then the belt grows. And you unbutton the top button and you do it again. I'm guilty. These aren't sins that I'm, I'm calling. These are just what we're seeing here. I'm not saying, oh, you, I'm saying, oh, me, oh, us. Woe is us as a culture that we think this is okay. And you know why? I love uh, the industrial revolution, right? It was great. It invented like along with the industrial revolution came the reduced work week. You know, they reduced it from, you know, whatever a hundred hour work week with, you know, a bunch of 10 year olds working in, in in the farms to, to theorized with Henry Ford, a theorized 40 hour work week. But, um, but we still have some good aspects of that. that are remaining some not so good, but, uh, but I love the fact that it brought about the vehicle, the car, air conditioning. I love traveling. I love having my own vehicles. I love it. I like that's one of the things where I'm like, I'd probably sell my I would sell my house before I went without a car. I'm not, I I need a I need a vehicle. I'd much rather live somewhere else. I'd rather live in a hut. I gotta have a vehicle. I need the independence, the freedom, the air conditioning. Gotta have AC. Right? So, like, like I love that. I love processed foods. Okay. I will. Down a 12 pack of Pop-Tarts. I will. I will shred some fruity pebbles. Okay. I just. I'll do little Debbie cakes, Toll House cookies. Mm-mm. I'm just gonna shred them. I'm gonna eat them till till I can't anymore. And my body's like, oh, now you feel sick. Here you go. Pick it. We love. I love doing this. Our culture loves doing this as excess. We do it with alcohol, too much of it. We do it with sin, too much of it. We publicize it. We boast about it. Too much food, gluttony. We do it. We boast about it. We idolize people that can take excess. I mean, all you got to do is turn on social media. Like there's this dude. uh, Well, I'm not going to. I won't call out names actually, but if you look at some of these guys that own some of these, you know, these, these mega wealthy yacht owners, and and they've got the 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 drugs and the alcohol and the ladies, and they're all on the Instagram and this and that. Um, we idolize that as a culture, and these people have millions and millions of followers because a little bit's not enough. If you look at the bandwidth that pornography consumes. It's more than any other industry in terms of bandwidth content online. Little bit's not enough. We need a lot of pornography. We do it across the board. And he's saying these sins that you live in and you're steeped in day in and day out that you think are okay, that it's part of your culture now. These cute, neat little sins that our churches accept and are okay with and allow us to joke about without any sense of of repentance. And yet they're damnable. So damnable in fact, that he says, I don't want your sacrifices. I want you to get out of your sins. He goes so far as to say, I hate your sacrifices, your your new moon, festivals, your appointed feasts. And then he says this, and this is the scariest part to me. Verse 15. So when you spread out your hands in prayer, I will hide my eyes from you. Yes, even though you multiply prayers, I will not listen. Your hands are covered with blood. This passage might mean the blood of other countries and people that they've killed. But in this context, I tend to think it means the blood of the sacrifices that he's talking about in this passage. He's talking about these passages. Your hands are covered in blood, but despite that, despite your sacrifices, I'm gonna close my eyes to your prayers because there is no repentance. Is calling his people to repent. It is not fun to talk about repentance. It's not fun. It's not. It's really not popular. It's really going to get people, pastors that talk about it. Lots and lots of hate mail. Lots of it. uh, Ten of the twelve disciples of Jesus were martyred for their faith. John, they tried to kill repeatedly, couldn't, and so they exiled him, boiled him alive in oil. And then Judas hung himself after he betrayed Jesus. It's not popular. The message that Jesus kept preaching was repent for the kingdom of heaven's at hand. Stop sinning, turn away from it. What do you say to the rich man, the man of excess? This you have, you lack one thing. Go and sell everything you own and follow me. Live hand to mouth with no savings, no retirement plan, no 401k, no Roth. Give it up and follow me. And the rich man went away sad for he loved his possessions more than Jesus. That's my paraphrase. Read it on your own later. His people, in Isaiah chapter one, had ubiquitous sins and they weren't repenting of them. And he, you'll see in Isaiah, there's a theme often of talking about sins that are ubiquitous, meaning everywhere, they're all over the place, all the time, everywhere, and egregious. Meaning, you know, he's referring here to the, the sins of Sodom and Gomorrah. He's referring to, to homosexuality and, and he's he's saying that the sins that you're doing because they're ubiquitous are as bad, as much an abomination as the egregious sins. Well, that should be really scary for a lot of pastors. Do you know that the number one peak in pornography viewing for, for hotel Wi-Fi, look up the statistic on Barna, the number one peak for hotel viewing for pornography more than any other conferences are when the pastor conferences are in town. That is scary. And that a ubiquitous sin, he he couples here with egregious sins. He's, because egregious sins and ubiquitous sins are the types of sins that literally allow demons to torment people. I know I've had them in me. They allow an opening for the enemy and it's not to be played with. It's not to be trifled with. Egregious sins and ubiquitous sins or, or repetitive sins, if you will, in the individual's life. Those are the two types of sins that allow demons to enter and create strongholds in your life. Little bit of drunkenness I'm just a little bit drunk, and then I'm a lot drunk, and then I'm a lot drunk every night. Little bit of porn, lot of porn, regular cheating. A little bit of, a little bit of gluttony at like Kobe's. Turns into every meal I eat until I can't anymore. Turns in I can't stop myself. And now I'm trying to figure out what diet I can do to try and get my health under control. We have to break the cycles of these ubiquitous sins. And they are everywhere, and they're accepted by the churches. We talked about egregious sins a couple episodes ago, but ubiquitous sins are are perhaps even more dangerous for the church because they're accepted by the church, and they're actively practiced by the church. Most people aren't going to go go out and decide one day they're going to they're going to change their gender and strip naked and do sex acts in front of children. Most people in the church don't struggle with that temptation, but most do struggle with leaving church service and going out to Olive Garden and having 19 breadsticks dipped in Alfredo sauce as we praise the Lord. It's really easily accepted. I'm I literally did that last Sunday. I left church engorged on breadsticks. I'm not, I'm preaching the choir here, I'm preaching to myself. But let's repent. And one of the ways that we can repent is by fasting the things that we've allowed to be strongholds. You struggle with alcohol, fast from alcohol for a month. You struggle with gluttony, fast from eating for a week. If you've struggled with gluttony for long enough, you've got plenty to be able to go a week. It's not fun. It's not easy. I just did it this year. It's not fun. Like day, I, I, we went from vegan. My, my wife and I, I gotta tell you, we have very different takes when it comes to fasting. Earlier this year, we did 21 days of fasting. The first uh, two weeks, we did vegan. And last week, we did just water only. The first two weeks of this fast, we're like hell on earth to me just saying i love steak i'll eat the steak and eggs and bacon and she'll laugh at me cuz she'll be like well what are you going to have with it i'm like what what do you what do you mean I, I i just want a steak what what do you mean have something with it right I'm, i i don't want i don't want a side item i don't want broccoli i don't even want mashed potatoes i just if you're going to take up that plate space, just give me another steak, right? Like maybe the steak, I'll do some mashed potatoes, right? Or a baked potato. Uh, like I like them, but like I want this much, just a tiny little serving of side and I want this much steak and I want to eat until I can't. And then I needed to go home box. I needed to go box. That should tell you something. If you can't finish your meal, right? Like it's everywhere. It's everywhere. And we don't talk about it. It's one of the seven deadly sins. And we don't talk about it. I'm picking on gluttony because it's the, it's the most easy way to view excess of ubiquitous sin in the United States culture. Other cultures, when they're done eating, they're content. And then if they are hungry again, they eat more. But we gore, we use the word gorge, right? Or i stuffed. Or we make Thanksgiving Day jokes about elastic pants, right? So anyway, so my wife and I were doing this this fast. The first two weeks were hell. I mean, just hell for me. I did not just nausea. Just it was terrible. I look if you're vegan, hats off to you. More power. I I am so like humbled by your commitment. If you're a vegan, I just have the highest level of respect for you. You're like just a monster of self control. Like I want to be like you more one day, and ironically, that's. Uh, you know we've been picking on some people on this side of the polit- political spectrum that oftentimes is joked of as being on the other side but more hats off to you that's incredible and my wife loved it she's like oh this is great i got all these 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 do you know Pop-Tarts are vegan? I don't, I'm just letting you know Pop-Tarts are vegan. I found that out uh, on my vegan fast. And then after that, though, she had a great time. She was like, oh, great fruits and vegetables. This is easy, easy, easy. And I don't even like steaks anyway. I don't even like meats. I'm like, oh, I'm dying. I got milk. I'm, I'm drinking, like, almond milk and, like, oat milk. I'm like, that's not even a thing. This is not milk. But anyway, so we're, 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 we do this vegan fast, and then we do the last week with no food. And I loved it. It was so great. I felt my body healing. I felt like these d. De- it was like detox. I just felt like a million bucks. I just felt great. And My wife's like, oh, I can't do it again. Right. So we had to switch off. I'm really glad that we both got to experience the different sides of it. But, but I'll tell you what. When you get off, when we when we got done with the fast, we went to break the fast by celebrating our favorite sin of gluttony, and we went to Maggiano's, which is the best Italian food. Yeah, I haven't been to Maggiano's in Orlando. It's- Oh, good, and we did the family-style thing, and it's all you can eat of the best Italian food you've ever had. I'm just like, by three bites in the salad, I'm stuffed. I haven't eaten a real meal in three weeks, and I haven't eaten anything other than water in, in a week, and I am dying, and after two, three bites, I'm done. You struggle with, If you struggle with gluttony, just don't eat for a few days. When's was the last time you fasted to break the stronghold of gluttony? You struggle with Amazon purchases? Don't buy anything on Amazon for 30 days. Drive your butt to Walmart or Target or whatever and just buy the thing that you wrote down that you need and come back. Try that out for 30 days. It's impossible. Saves a lot of money on a budget. Now, we've done that. Like, if you struggle with these things, set out a way to fast to break the stronghold of these excesses because these ubiquitous sins will kill you. They will kill you. And if you want the Lord to hear your prayers, this is one of the ways that he says is a guaranteed way to not hear your prayers, is by practicing sins over and over, even little ones, just tiny little sins of I've got to buy another thing on Amazon and I've got another shipment today and it's showing up in the mail and I just want to take that extra bite of my meal. Or you know what? I know I said I'd stop at one drink, but I'm gonna do two. And I know I said I'm gonna stop when I'm content, but I just want three more bites, it's so good. Because we want that more than we want God to hear our prayers. We want that extra bite more than we want to hear from the Lord in our lives. And then we say things like, I don't know why I can't hear from the Lord. I don't hear from the Lord. I don't know God. He doesn't speak to me. How do you know if you're hearing from him? What is he going to say? I don't feel a connection with God. We say all these things. But perhaps we've got all kinds unrepented of sins in our lives that are tiny these tiny little sins but they're everywhere and we're engaging in them as Christians regularly and Jesus wants us to stop find moderation my wife and I are working hard on moderation that that includes work we've been workaholics find moderation in your food, in your drink, in the in your speech, in the extremities of your speech, and the way that you buy things online, in the way that you shop, in your spending practices, you have a problem with moderation and spending, tithe, solves it, give more than a tithe. There are spiritual practices that counteract these ubiquitous sins that are spiritual disciplines that are to be practiced regularly and often, you struggle with talking too much, try silence for a day. There's a book by Richard Foster, uh, The Celebration of Discipline, phenomenal book. It's not popular because it's by an old, I think dead guy, right? An old dead guy writes this book talking about the spiritual disciplines and they counteract these ubiquitous deadly sins that we find in our lives day in and day out. Pride, you struggle with pride. Sit a day in humility. Spend a day in gratitude to God for everything you encounter. Fast in the form of gratitude, where all I'm gonna do, I'm not gonna complain about anything, I'm just gonna be grateful. Grab that book, it's really really insightful, really great spiritual disciplines, but it'll help Conquer these perpetual ubiquitous small sins that the Christian might allow in small doses and sometimes might allow in habitual doses and we don't think a thing about them and it gives us a window and a stronghold to the enemy to be able to have access to your life when we don't bind these things and stop them. So I'm pleading with you to root out the little sins that are regular and get rid of them and fast from them, and seek the Lord through them, that he would hear our prayers when we seek him from it. So I'll be repenting of these things alongside of you this week, and I I wish you all the best in them, and I'm interested to see see from you guys in the comments or whatever social media, how it's going for you. Uh, Love you guys, and, and hope you're doing super well, and we'll talk to you on the next episode of Unbridled Faith.